Hey, let's face it, deciding the kind of cameras to get and video switchers and all that other stuff related to your church can be very overwhelming. Well, today we speak with a seasoned expert on this topic, how to make the most of your multi-camera video production for your church. It's next on the Church Solutions Podcast. It's the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by StreamingChurch.tv. The Church Solutions Podcast is all about helping you and your church with technology and other resources for your life and ministry. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. Hey folks, welcome to another episode of the Church Solutions Podcast. This is actually episode number 399 officially, although we've been doing these uh, a lot longer than that. But uh, we're glad to have you here today. I have a guest with me today, which I will introduce in a moment, Steve Lacey, who normally is uh, my co-host here. Is uh, He's gone somewhere, and so you you got me and our and our guest. But I think you're going to like our guest this morning, and uh, I think you'll, you'll find it exciting uh, he's got some really good stuff. I do want to say one thing, and that is we have a webinar coming up. And let me put my glasses on so I can actually read it. Uh, but we've got, if you if you follow us at all, we're a company that does streaming video, among other things. But we also uh, been all involved in ministry and all that stuff for many years. And so we have a lot of resources, and we've got a great webinar coming up. It's coming up, uh, if you listen to this before October 17th uh, or on October 17th, uh, you can register for it. It's called Unlock Your Free Christmas Promotional Toolkit. And we're going to not just talk about how you can have a great holiday uh, with your congregation, but we're actually going to give you some tools that can, can you can help reach people and help just have something really put together really nicely. And, and the focus is really reaching people. And so it's called Unlock Your Free Christmas Promotional Toolkit, and it's going to be October 17th at 12 noon Eastern time here in the good old US of A. And uh, you can register for the webinar right now. It's free. It's only going to be about a half hour long. Uh, and we'll have some follow-ups on that as well. But you can just go to webinar.streamingchurch.tv and sign up, reserve your seat for that. So we're excited about that. And we're excited about Christmas. As everybody knows, Christmas is a big time for people that, that don't normally go to church. They usually show up around Christmas or Easter. And uh, this is a great opportunity to make the most of that. So on with our podcast today, our uh, our next guest is, he's actually an international guest, and he has over 25 years of experience in uh, Christian and uh, church media. Uh, he's, uh, he's committed to production and, and broadcasting of some very strong, creative and informative and entertaining media, allowing people, again, to expand their reach in their churches through digital an online church. So uh, he, he's got a lot of extensive knowledge on Christian media, uh, hands-on production and all that good stuff. He really is truly an expert and he's international, which we'll get to here in a moment. Uh, most recently, he's been serving as chief operating officer uh, for God TV, and that's an international Christian television network. Please welcome to the Church Solutions podcast, Graham Spencer. Graham, how are you today? I'm very good, Phil. It's great to be with you today, and um, thank you for having me on. Well, we're glad to have you on here. We're looking forward to uh, to some uh, information and some some wisdom that you can share, and I, I have a feeling we're going to have you on more than once here 
uh, in the years to come. So, uh, Graham, you're over in, uh, you're across the pond. Where are you at across the pond? So I'm actually living in Perth in Scotland, which is okay. called the Gateway to the Highlands. It's in the UK, um, and it's a um, beautiful part of the world. And But unfortunately, it is also much colder than, I bet you're in Arizona, and it's a lot colder than Arizona. So it's, um, I do miss the sun, I have to say. I lived eight years, I was in Northern California, and I got very used to the heat and the sun. And um, yeah. coming back to the UK about three years ago, I definitely miss the heat and the sun. <laughs> but other than that, it's an absolutely spectacular place to live. Well, that's what I've heard. I've known some people that have been there or been in that area. Uh, my ancestors, I guess, are from the Scotland area. But uh, yeah, it's it's uh, that's a beautiful area. And I hope to get there sometime. But yeah, we're here in Tucson, Arizona, and it's a little warm here. So let's talk about our subject today, shall we? Um, how to make the most of multi-camera video production for your church. So uh, we have a lot of, most of our people listening to this podcast or watching this, uh, you know, they're involved in either as volunteers or leaders in their churches. Uh, let's talk a little bit about multi-camera because I get this question a lot uh, because we do streaming video. But let's just start off by asking you this. What are really the benefits of using multi-camera video production for your church services? I think primarily the the main benefit is that you can create something much more engaging, much more visually stimulating, much more um, entertaining. I don't like to use the word entertaining particularly, but you can create something that will draw an audience in much better than, say, a single camera pointed at the back just on one static shot all the way through the service. So it gives you the ability to, to mix it up and um, really create something that I believe that the audience will be much, much more um, you're kind of engaged by. I mean, most television programs use multi-camera techniques. There are very few television programs that use single camera techniques. And even when they do single camera, like single camera dramas, they cut around those cameras, they move those cameras, they use multiple angles of that single camera as well. And they do multiple takes. Now, obviously, when it comes to streaming a church service, we often don't do multiple takes. So it gives you the ability to draw people in and create something that's much more engaging to the eye. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'd agree with that. So look, if if I'm a small church and I'm I'm listening to this podcast and I, I'm a small church, you know, how can I produce, you know, a really a high quality multi-camera video on my small church budget? Well, obviously, the, the first thing, and most people actually don't think about this when it comes to multi-camera production, but the first thing to think about is what kind of shots do you want to be able to give the audience? So if you work that question through, so do you want close-up shots of your, your pastor, your preacher, whatever your um, your tradition would call the, the person who, who preaches the sermon on a Sunday morning? Do you want shots of the congregation? Do you want shots of the worship leader? Do you want shots of musicians in the band? All of those kind of questions are the, the first questions to ask because they then will basically dictate the number of cameras that you need, where you need to put those cameras, the kind of shots that you need to get from those cameras, what kind of cameras you need as well. Um, 
One thing I would say up front is if you're looking to do multi-camera television or multi-camera broadcasting or multi-camera streaming, one thing to bear in mind is that the quality of the cameras need to be very similar. So what you don't want to end up with is one camera that is great quality and then a couple of cameras that are poor quality. You want good quality across all of your cameras which will dictate the kind of cameras that you can get. Maybe you might have to say, we'll go for a lower quality camera than we would if we were going single camera. You might have to go lower quality if you go multi-cameras because you have to spread your budget out a little bit more. So you have to think all of those things through. But ultimately, having an idea of what you want to achieve, the kind of shots that you want to give your audience, will really dictate what, what the rest of the answers to those questions are. Yeah, I, I can remember one of the churches I was working with, we started with one camera. Actually, I think it was Steve Lacey's, uh, my co-worker's, <laughs> just a, a, a consumer-grade camcorder. This was years ago on a tripod. And then as God blessed and everything worked, you know, we began to add other church, other cameras and, and high-quality cameras, but not all of them were the same. And so when you'd get a different shot, it was like a different different color, maybe, you know. Uh, and so we, we were constantly yeah. dealing with, you know, uh, a different look, so to speak. <laughs> and uh, I found it kind of annoying, but that does happen. So, look, here's a question. And I, I this is I, I think, well, maybe you can answer it. I always think it's impossible to, to answer it. The question I get a lot is, well, what kind of cameras should I get? <laughs> well, absolutely. And that is an impossible question to answer because there are some multiple um, different elements that are involved yeah. in that. You know, the first thing is, what is your budget? The second thing is, what are you trying to achieve? The third thing is, how many cameras do you actually want? The fourth thing is, do you have people to run those cameras? If yeah. you don't have people to run the cameras, then some of the robotic cameras that are coming on the market now, the PTZ cameras that have obviously been around for a while, but they're developing all the time, some of that can provide a fantastic opportunity right. Right. for people that don't have lots and lots of people on staff that can run those cameras as well. So there's huge amounts of variables. Um, but the, the honest answer to that question is, get the best camera that you possibly can for the budget that you have available. And that obviously is a, is a very generalized um, answer, but really is the only answer that you can give without knowing a specific detail of what a church's situation is. Right. And we, we kind of answer it that way. It's kind of like asking, well, what kind of car should I get? Well, there's lots of cars out there. What's your budget? What's your needs? You know, what are you going to do with the car? Uh, those kind of things. So it is it is a little bit of a challenge. I will say this, uh, and you probably will, uh, you know, concur with this. I mean, I remember the PTZ cameras were out years ago, and they were really more like security cameras. And so they were herky-jerky. Uh, they didn't look very good. And if you tried to move them around, you know, they were just people were jumping in and out of shots. And, and now... Uh, the PTC cameras, I think you know, we, we have some uh, a good friend at uh, uh, Stephen Spencer, uh, Spencer, Stephen Haywood. He'll get me for this, but uh, Stephen Haywood is yeah. with PTZ Optics here in the States. And uh, they've really he, he's done a webinar with us and, and done podcasts with us. And uh, the PTZ Optics cameras that I've seen are really quite impressive. I mean, they'll 
follow people around, you know? And uh, so what is your take? Just what's your general take on PTZ cameras? I mean, do you like them? Do you say no? Are they, is this something you would recommend? It's a very leading question. Um, I, I, I like them for what they do well. Um, but I, there are limitations dramatically over the last few years as well. Even like the, the tracking ability that you have with cameras and things as well. I mean, there's some fantastic cameras on the market. Um, the one thing that I always say about PTZ cameras, PTZ, not PTZ, but, you know, I'm, I'm from the UK, so Z rather than Z. Um, when you're buying a PTZ camera, and you're, let's say you're, you have two cameras in front of you. You have a choice of one camera that's not a PTZ at $2,000, and you have another camera that is a PTZ camera, say at $2,000, same price point. The reality is the quality of the camera, the lens, the sensor, all of that kind of thing, is probably the equivalent of a $1,000 camera if you buy the PTZ route. Because you're paying 50% of the budget towards the robotics side of things. So if you're thinking of PTZ, you need to go, then you're paying for a lot of the robotics rather than the quality of the camera. So the other thing that I always suggest to people as well, and this is a suggestion, it's my opinion, no more than that. But if you're buying a PTZ camera, try and buy one from a camera manufacturer rather than someone known for the robotics side of things. You tend to get one or two ways that the companies operate. They either create great products when it comes to the, um, the robotic side or they create great cameras. If you're looking for really good image quality, you want to go the camera route, not the robotics route. So um, you, you mentioned PTZ optics there as well, but people like Sony and Panasonic and Canon, some of the well-known camera manufacturers have also moved into PTZ camera operations as well. If you go that route, you're buying from a very recognized camera manufacturer, plus if you go that route and you want to expand later to manned cameras, then you can get the same camera chipsets as you can if you go there. The, so you can get a Sony um, PTZ camera and a Sony broadcast camera, and they're much, much more likely to match when it comes to picture quality, for example. That's really good advice. I'm going to shut off my video here. Uh, just because I'm having some internet issues. At least I think it's me. And, and besides, most people don't want to look at me anyhow. But uh, <laughs> so they don't want to uh, look at me either. But there we go. <laughs> so I shut my camera off here. But uh, so all right. So let's 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 uh, let's change gears here a little bit. And let's say you know you you're not going with PDZs. You're going to get some high quality cameras, three or four uh, cameras, maybe your church of two or three hundred. Uh, what are the challenges of using? multi-camera video production for your church services you know i mean what are those challenges i mean there we talked about some of the benefits what are the challenges well the the one that often is probably overlooked the most is getting people that run those cameras getting people that man those cameras 
and then training those people in how to run cameras, to understand things like framing of shots, to understand things like movement on shots, to understand things um, you're all around that, like how to basically create dynamic looks with cameras and that kind of thing. So I always recommend to people, if you're going the multi-camera route, you also need to consider how you're going to train and equip people to run those cameras, to master the techniques of camera operation, to get the most out of those cameras. I would, I would always recommend to people two things. Firstly, that they concentrate more on the training side than they do the number of cameras. So I remember years ago doing an event, and it was a, a music festival, and we were shooting multiple bands over the course of an entire day. And um, right at the start of the day, we ran into some technical, technical issues with some of the cameras. We were planning a six-camera shoot, and we ended up for the first, I think, two bands, we actually ended up with only having three cameras operational. But because we had quality operators on those cameras, we were able to still do a really good job of capturing the, the, the footage and capturing the bands and moving the cameras around and all of that kind of thing. Now, ultimately, when we had six cameras, we did a better job. But the reality was because we concentrated on training people well in how to run cameras, they ran around like headless chickens getting some great stuff for us that basically meant that our three-camera shoot was able to look as good as maybe a five-camera shoot or a six-camera shoot with lesser operators. So the first and foremost important thing is training your operators well in all of those things like shot composition and transitions and movements and all of that production. The first and foremost thing is get your people experienced and quality in terms of what they're doing. All right. So the next question, my follow-up question, which is obviously great advice, Graham, where do how do how do I train my people? I mean, is there a course out there? Is there a YouTube course? Is there? I mean, do you do it? Will you come? I mean, how can I get my people trained so that I actually do have quality uh, video shots? Absolutely. So yes, we you know that's something that's on my heart is to help people and train churches and train teams. So yes, absolutely. If you need training, reach out to me. There are other people that are doing similar things out there as well. Um, one thing that I would always suggest, though, is try and get people, if you are looking for, for training, understand who they are and what they've done in the background as well. There are a lot of people out there that um, are well-intentioned, but don't necessarily have the full understanding of what it is to create broadcast quality material and to train people in how to create broadcast quality material as well. One of the things that we're in the process of launching, and I, I, you know, I, we've not launched this yet, is a new thing called the Church Production Academy, which is, you've stopped my video as well. Okay, you've done my video off. Okay. Yeah, we're still here. Keep, keep going. Steve? Keep going. Yeah, keep going. All right. 
Okay. Um, yeah, the Church Production Academy. And what, what we're aiming to do with that is provide top quality training for churches that want to get better at doing digital ministry, broadcast media, all of that kind of thing. And one of the my passions there is bringing in the people that kind of are in my world, the experienced people, the audio people, the lighting people, the streaming people, the directors, the camera teams, that we can bring into that and do monthly masterclasses with people to skill um, or to, to upskill the people that are in the churches through bringing in experienced and um, very well um, experienced people as well to provide that kind of level of training. Well, that, that sounds uh, really good. So let's, we'll talk a little bit about here at the end of our podcast, but let me get back to your remark about, uh, you know, understanding the people that might be you know, do, running the cameras. Uh, is there is there some kind, I mean, first of all, is this like a gift or something? Somebody that, that you know, <laughs> is going to be running your cameras, do they have, is that like a spiritual gift or something? Like you have the, you need to have the gift of video or, you know, or, I mean, how do you, how do you find out if somebody really has talent to do this? Well, is it a spiritual gift? I'm not sure I would call it a spiritual gift. It's definitely <laughs> a gift. Um, you know, one of my favorite stories in, in the Old Testament is the, and I can never pronounce his name, but the story of Be 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 Bezalel, Bellezer, anyway, whoever it was. Close enough, was the close first enough. Person. Yeah, that'll do, wouldn't it? It's, it's in Exodus. And he was the first person, basically, that's um, recorded in the Old Testament of being filled with the Spirit. And he was a craftsman. He was the guy that basically God said to Moses to choose to build the temple. And he was skilled in things like um, engraving and um, woodwork and stonemasonry and you know kind of gold overlay and all of that kind of thing that was his skill set but be basically what it what it says in the old testament is he was filled with the spirit to then use that skill set for the glory of god and i think that's what we often um we're looking for people that have skills that we can then bring that combination of skills and anointing as we might call it or the the filling of the holy spirit god's breath into their lives that will enable them to then flourish in that environment and to use their skills for the glory of god so when you're looking for people i always recommend that you look for people who are passionate about your vision passionate about what you do that are committed to your vision and committed to serving within your local church. The skills can be taught, but the passion and commitment is much harder to teach. So find people that are passionate and committed and then teach them the skills to excel. Yeah, I, that's really good advice, Graham. And also, I would I would probably add that they need to be teachable too, <laughs> you know? Yes, I, I mean, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you got to be teachable. You got to be willing to learn. All right. So uh, let me talk a little more about equipment here, because uh, I get, you know, I'm, once again, I'm throwing questions at you that we get here at streamingchurch.tv. So look, I'm going to have multi cameras. I've got an idea what I want to use for the camera side of things. But, you know, how do I make these cameras go back and forth and switch? So the question is, uh, switchers, you know, do you have a, a favorite switcher that you like? Uh, what's your thoughts on that? Because you obviously have to have something that that enables camera one, camera two, camera three. Uh, and so 
elaborate a little bit more on switchers. Well, again, partly that obviously comes down to budget. Um, there are some great opportunity out there right now with the um, kind of software-based systems like vmix and things like that that can be amazing tools for small churches particularly to not only um, be able to cut cameras but they can also do graphics overlays video playback all of that kind of thing in basically one system so it's a, a software-based system so there are there are other things out there on the market similar to that but vmix is probably the uh, the industry leader in that space. Now, if you have more finances available, more budget available, I always recommend going hardware rather than software if you can. It tends to be more reliable. You tend not to be putting, as it were, all your eggs in the same basket. I mean, with vMix, for example, you can also stream. You can record. You can do multiple things with vMix. But that also means that if it falls over, you lose everything. Whereas yeah. if you go a hardware-based switcher and the switcher falls over, then you might still stay, be able to you know, play a video um, and stay on air or whatever. So you know, component-based systems are much, much better when it comes to um, staying on air. At the lower end of the, the market, you've got things like Blackmagic. Blackmagic provides some fantastic options now on switches, all the way from very, very basic switches, all the way up to really quite advanced switches. Then you go into kind of the what I would call the next range up, which might be Ross, for example, is a great manufacturer, a manufacturer of, of that kind of medium priced switches. And then you go into things like Grass Valleys and Sony's and you know, yeah, but but by the time you get up there, you're into kind of six figure sums for a switcher and things but a lot of it will depend on the complexity of what you want to achieve the other thing i always do suggest though is if you're investing in a switcher don't invest so much in what you need right now although you need it needs to be able to do what you need right now but think about where you're going in the future so if you've got four cameras at the moment and you want to go to six don't invest in a four camera switcher, invest in maybe an eight camera switcher so that you've got room for that expansion. If you're thinking that you might want to be able to do, say, a separate cup for your iMag, then you need to think about auxiliary outputs or um, MEs, as they call them in the game, which is basically mix and effects layers. So you can do multiple cuts at the same time on the same switcher. So you need to think about not so much where you are now, but where you want to go in the future, because that that is a big investment. And you don't want to invest in something today. And then in six months time, basically, when you've got money for more cameras, have to think, oh, my switch isn't capable of doing what I need to do. So I'm now going to have to get a new switcher as well. So so try and think about where you want to go in the future when you're investing in those switches. That's uh, excellent advice. Um, and you mentioned Blackmagic. We have a lot of churches that are, are doing things with Blackmagic, uh, either streaming with their ATEMs and, and their web presenters and all that. Uh, we're not real. I, I'm personally not real big on Blackmagic. Uh, they're not, especially setting up the encoder part, it's a little struggle for some people uh, who aren't used to using XML files and those kind of things. Uh, plus, I, I'm not sure I'm not sure their customer service is great, although customer service today is 
really going downhill for almost everybody uh, except us. Uh, but uh, so uh, what do you think of Roland hardware switchers, the Roland switchers? There's a number of those out there. Do you like those? There are. I, I don't know. I mean, again, I don't know Roland particularly well. Um, so I wouldn't be overly qualified to comment on on Roland. But I mean, as a price point, it's a good entry point for a lot of people as well. And just on the black magic side of things, I would I, I would caution people to invest too much into black magic gear as well. It's a great um, solution for budget conscious people. But you're right. There are some issues around. I mean, years and years ago, um, um, I was talking to a guy in the BBC over here investing in some equipment for it was basically they were turning their radio studios into video podcast studios and they were investing in that. And because it wasn't you know, the, the video side of things wasn't critical for them because it was a radio studio, they were looking at going the black magic side of things. Um, and what he said was their experience was if they bought one, they bought a spare. So that basically they would have one to kind of swap in and out because black magic were renowned and they've got better at this, but were renowned for falling over and not for, as you said, the customer service and the the kind of the backup that you can get can be a bit, bit difficult. So um, you do need to bear that in mind. Um, but coming back to your question on Roland, as I say, I'm not an I'm not an expert on Roland, but there, from what I see, there are a lot of churches using them, a lot of churches using them successfully. So I certainly, you know, do your homework would be what I would say, and figure out the, the budget that you've got to spend, where you are now, and where you want to go to. And then, you know, the other thing is talk to people that have got the gear. So a lot of people don't do that. They talk to the integrator or they talk to the manufacturer, find out who they supplied it to, and talk to the people that are actually using it as well um, and get their take on it, whether it's been easy for them, what the complications are, all of that kind of thing. These are these are big amounts of money that people are spending. So do your homework properly. Solid. That's solid advice, Graham. Uh, and, and we run into this all the time. We have uh, sometimes our existing customers will come to us and, hey, I just bought this. And how do I make it work? <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, I'm not sure this was the best choice that you made. I remember one pastor told me, he said, I don't know why Christians would want to use black magic devices anyhow. And of course, the term black, <laughs> black magic, right? But uh, so, yeah, uh, yeah I, I was speaking with a pastor last week on the phone and he was doing it right. He was asking a lot of questions and I was trying to give him resources and he was doing it right. He was doing the research. And it does. It does take some time. It takes some time and energy to 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 look up, you know, what kind of cameras you might want, want, what kind of switchers you might want, you know, those kind of things. But it's worth the investment of your time uh, to, to really do that. And I, I think what you just said about asking people that have the equipment already, uh, you know, for their thoughts on it is is excellent as well. All right. So so Graham, we're we're running out of time here. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and start your video again here. We'll see if, if we lose you. But I want to ask, how can people get a hold of you? How can people reach you uh, if they have questions? Uh, give us some contact information here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I'm on Facebook. We have a media mentoring Facebook page that people can connect with us on that. Um, I've got a website as well, which is mediamentoring.net, mediamentoring.net. Um, and that's you know, that's got the ability to connect 
connect with us and um, all of those kind of things as well. And um, obviously, you know, I mean, I, presumably we can put these in the show notes so people don't need to kind of write too much down. But um, yeah, lots of different ways. LinkedIn is very good. I'm, um, I've not been as active on LinkedIn as I am going to be in the near future, um, but I'm planning on kind of um, being very active on LinkedIn. We also have a a weekly newsletter that we send out as well that's got helpful hints and tips and you know, kind of resources and things as well that you can kind of connect with us. But all of that's available through our website. All right. And what's the website again? MediaMentoring.net. All right. MediaMentoring.net. And if you're looking up Graham on LinkedIn, he spells his name G-R-A-E-M-E, Spencer, Graham Spencer. And uh, Graham, we're out of time here. It's been a pleasure uh, talking with you today on the Church Solutions Podcast. This is good stuff, and you've got so much uh, wisdom and experience in lots of different areas that can help churches. So we will have you on again, if you're willing, of course. Absolutely. It's been an absolute pleasure. I just want to um, also just say thank you for all that you're doing through church streaming and everything as well to provide the church with really good resources to get the message out as well. This is a fantastic opportunity that we have as the body of Christ to connect with people through digital media. And I think what you guys are, are doing is amazing as well. So can I mention one more thing that if people are interested yeah. in getting, um, so I've got an ebook and it's basically, it's called let's make it better. And the idea of the ebook is to give people practical advice, practical hints and solutions to help them improve what they're doing when it comes to media. So if people want that as well, that's available through the, through the website as well, completely free and just a great way of, of getting some immediate help as well. Let's make it better. That's the name of the book, right? Exactly. Okay. Let's make it better. One more time on the website. <laughs> MediaMentoring.net. All right. MediaMentoring.net. All right. That's it. Okay. Well, thank you, sir. We, again, appreciate your time today. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me. And folks, thank you for listening or watching to the Church the Church Solutions podcast. Uh, be sure and catch us again on another episode. Please take care of yourselves and each other. I'm Phil Thompson on behalf of Steve Lacey and the whole team here. We wish you well. Have yourself a great day. Uh, take care of yourselves and each other.